Hello everybody, welcome to Gacy's collaboration with Pinklist India. Today you are on an exciting new show called Pink Sabha. This is the first of four sessions which will be teaching you how to get poof, how to get elected while queer. That's it. Yes, pandemic has affected memory and affected ability to English. But Hello everyone, wave, say hello, tell me where you're from in the comments below while you're coming live. We'll wait for some more people to come on and then we'll start on what is, I promise you, an incredibly exciting session. We're here for 30 minutes, only 30 minutes. And this is Pink Sabha, your guide to getting elected while queer, which is a collaboration between Gacy family and the incredible folks over at Pinklist India, where I am curator. Hi, 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 Sheldon from Mumbai. Hi Nat, hi Wall of Thoughts, hi everybody else. Come on board, come on board. Everyone is, oh Bhayandar, so thane. You know, we still call you Mumbai, it's okay. I'm not that snobbish also, yet. Um, everyone else, welcome on. From Queeristan. Ah, Parmesh Shahani would be very happy. That's the title of his next book. Um, hi, who is from Chennai? Avinash is from Chennai. Very cool people working in Chennai, Avinash. You should keep in touch with them if you're interested in LGBTQ plus politics. So, quick introduction. I am Anish Kavande. I am curator over at Pinklist India. I also run something called the Dara Shikho Fellowship in Kashmir. For uh, the past couple of years, after graduating from Columbia University, I have been back home working on political consulting and managing elections for all sorts of politicians. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, about where you can get elected and for what you can get elected for what I have to stop my... You know, I'm going to try. What I'm going to try is I'm going to try and put this... Yeah. We've got some connection issues there, but I think we should be all sorted for now. Hello to whoever is joining from Australia. I don't know how to win an election in Australia, but I'm sure these tips can help. Okay, everyone. Welcome to those who have joined in recently. And uh, give me one quick second. Um, one second. Okay, fantastic. I have my chat with the incredible team at KC Family. And sorry for all of those who are joining and I haven't kept up. We're at Pink Sabha, your queer guide to getting elected. And I'm going to start on a four-part series helping you as a young queer person in India get elected to office. So what are we going to cover today? The first three things that we're going to cover today are what are the three levels of politics that you can get elected at and then a brief insight into the history of queer politics and how we can sort of engage with the histories that we're born into the narratives that have gone on so far and how we can build upon them so first off to everybody joining i am very happy to have you start dropping in where you're joining in from it gives me a better idea of how to tailor this for you and say hello i'm waving to everyone including quite a few friends who have joined in now to begin with, the easiest thing to start with is an introduction to what happens in various levels of Indian government. Now, as many of you know, there are three different types of posts you can get elected to. And those are the three ones I'll be focusing over the next four sessions. Those are a corporator, 
who is the person who gets elected at the very local level as your municipality representative. The second is uh, your MLA or the person who gets elected to the Vidhan Sabha or the Vidhan Parishad. And the third and the final person is your MP, who is the person who gets elected to the Lok Sabha, who eventually finally decides who's going to become the Prime Minister of the country. Now, these are three very easy sort of categorizations to work with, especially for most of us who live in cities. If you're not living in a city, then you have the panchayat level elections, which means you can get elected as a sarpanch or as a panchayat member. And what is the sort of procedure for getting into parties, what is the procedure for getting elected, is what we will discuss over the next few sessions. Today, I want to focus on whether or not any queer person has managed to do this before, you know. So often we're told that we're still a young country for LGBTQ plus rights to actually prosper and develop. There is some time. Um, but how much time really is left? And how far behind are we? Now, for me, I think we're not far too behind at all. I think we're at the cusp of something incredible. I think we're starting a journey in which queer people are standing up, speaking out, getting represented in art, in media, in culture, and in so many other avenues. And I think the best way to, to give all of you some hope as to the future of queer politics is to start telling you a small story. So, like I said, two years ago, I moved back to um, India after graduating from Columbia University because I got an incredibly important call. And this was a call that I hadn't been expecting, and it was a call that I'd almost given up hope on because it was a call to join an election campaign. Now, I was out. I was an out gay man. I thought there's no chance that someone like me can come back to India and work in Indian politics. But I got a call from Milan Deura, who was uh, a former South Mumbai MP, who said, Anish, you worked on my 2014 campaign back when I was straight. Um, and he said, come on board and run my 2019 campaign and help me get the vote out. And I said, I'm in New York City. I have to come back to India. What is it going to be like being out in a city that I haven't been out in so far? But I said, when else do you get to take a chance? And hello to whoever is joining from Chhattisgarh and also from Malegaon. Tell me about if you know any politicians who are LGBTQ plus friendly. And so I got this call. I came back to India and off started a wild drive. So I was traveling across uh, rural Maharashtra, including Maigao, where I was uh, during the aftermath of demonetization where the power looms had been impacted. Oof, the voice and video are not in sync. This is a problem. Any technical errors, please drop comments right now. Voice and video are not in sync. What are we going to do about this? Anyone from Gacy know what I can do to fix this? Hello, everyone. Hello to everyone joining in. How are you? I'm waving to all of you so you know that I know that you've joined. Um, is the voice better now? Can somebody put it in the comments? Okay, fantastic. So you can hear me. Great. So everyone, we are at Pink Sabha, your guide to getting elected while queer. And I'm telling you the story of what was happening. Whoops, there is still a lag. Give me one quick second. What we're going to do is, okay, not in sync, but voice is clear. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So I'm just going to continue. If you can't hear me in sync, then we'll sort of play this as it goes. But I think we're good.
Uh, and hello to everybody from Kwerabad. We love you over at Pinkless India and at Gacy as well. Um, so this is what started off, right? So I got this opportunity to come back to India. I was given this crazy assignment of joining the Maharashtra Congress on their Jan Sangharsh Yatra, managing their PR and their English media communication. And I said, well, this is my chance to experiment. So when we started off, I was this very sanskari looking boy traveling across. I was sort of very nicely dressed in subtle, subdued tones that wouldn't upset anybody or ruffle any feathers. And slowly as we moved ahead, I started experimenting. And I said, if I'm going to be in Malagao, then how can I wear the tightest pants possible? And how do I wear tight pants in shirts like this, colorful socks and brown leather oxfords, and still be on the same stage as some of Maharashtra's leading politicians, right? I think um, that was a space that opened up the question to why not? That if queer people want to enter politics, why not? There is a certain assertion of space that is becoming possible now with favorable court judgments and with favorable changes in society that enables little boys like me to dream. To dream dreams that would not have seemed possible when I was growing up in Bombay, to dream dreams that wouldn't have seemed possible when I was studying, but now to dream dreams that also involve getting queer people elected to office, which is why we're here today. So I think the message of hope that I want to start with is that you can be out and proud in politics. It's hard. There's a lot of challenges. I'll dedicate one entire session to all the absolutely ridiculous things that I've heard on the campaign trail. But it's possible. And you've got to fight it out. And you've got to go ahead. But you can honestly make a difference. And you won't be the first one. Because for me, starting off, and the reason we started Pinklist India as well, to see which politicians support LGBTQ plus rights, was because there was a void to see, is there any future for queer people in politics? There was an uncertainty, for me especially, to know that, is it even possible? Is there anyone who'll back me up? It worked. We got a phenomenal response from all of you for Pinklist India. If you haven't checked out our page already, at Pinklist India, join. Uh, and stay updated with queer political news across the country. Uh, so we started off with a list of politicians who support LGBTQ plus rights, right? Um, and it worked because people wanted that little message of hope. And that message of hope made us realize that we were onto something bigger, right? Now, a little while further, we realized that we aren't really the first ones to do this. There's an incredible, incredible human being called Disha Pinky Sheikh, who just got appointed to the Maharashtra State Transgender Welfare Board, which just got formed yesterday, uh, who is the first trans woman to be the spokesperson of a political party in Maharashtra. Now, Disha is an Ambedkarite activist. She is a Dalit nomadic tribes person who's made path-breaking changes in Indian politics at the intersection of queerness. And she had some incredible insights to share from the history of the queer movement in Bombay, right? The first history being that we forget that the first person who stood up for LGBTQIA plus rights was none other than the guy who wrote the constitution that led 377 to be kicked out the window, Baba Sahib Ambedkar. Now Ambedkar, all the way back in 1930, had defended an incredible newspaper publisher and an editor who had dared to carry a letter from a gay man all the way back then who had written and saying that I'm gay, I don't know what to do, is it okay? And this editor, in his response to letters to the editor, had said that it's completely okay and there's no problem at all. Now at that time, that met with a lot of outrage. 
and the editor was slapped with indecency laws and was told that he wasn't going to be able to continue publishing. And at that time, when nobody else was picking up that case, because we know that even today, standing up for LGBTQ plus rights is seen that, oh, you are also queer, Ambedkar stood up and defended him in the courts. They lost that case, which is unfortunate, but that was one of the first few times that we had political activists and people invested in politics stepping up for our rights. Now, the next movement came not too far after, not too far in relative terms, but in the 1980s. 50 years later, you had Namdev Dhasar, a Dalit Panther in Bombay, who led a murcha of trans folks and sex workers. The demand? Ration cards. Something that's become more evident than ever today in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Even today, trans people and those who are in professions that are not accepted by the state don't have access to government services. And it was way back in the 1980s, before the HIV AIDS epidemic, it was before NGOization of the queer movement, that somebody like Dhasal said, I don't care, I'm going to step up and fight for people's rights and led a morcha that led to trans people getting ration cards all the way back then. So we come to this, right? We come to this idea of queer politics in India with an incredible, incredible history. And this is a history of resistance. Pride is a protest, not a party. And it's a history that allows us to dream bigger. It's a history that tells us, right, that as queer people, we have the chance to get elected. And we have the chance to make a difference because the only way to get our voices heard eventually is to be in a decision-making place, is to be in those corridors of power. Now, many people ask, why do you need to be elected to defend LGBTQI plus rights, right? Like, why can't somebody else do it? Any random progressive person. Now, audience members, please tell me. If you're listening and you've stuck on so far, tell me uh, why is it important? Do you think it's important at all to have a queer person elected? And have you, do you know of anybody, a friend, a family member, somebody else uh, who wants to get elected? Drop that in the comments below. I'll try to integrate that into how we're moving forward. And tell me what any questions you might have, of course, as well, right? But I'm going to cover the history part pretty quickly, right? Um, so we need to be in the space. Why? And I give a great anecdote that for the longest time, right, only men were designers. Men were the people who were making clothes for everybody. They were making clothes for women as well. And for the longest time, women's clothes didn't have pockets. How many women here? How many women, cis or non-cis? Please tell me how many of your clothes don't have pockets. You know why they don't have pockets? They don't have pockets because there were only men sitting at a table being like, ha, ah, women don't need pockets. Like only men need pockets. What are women going to do with pockets? And only when you started having women sit at the decision-making table, women's clothes started having pockets. Women's pants started having pockets. Something as ridiculously simple as that, right, shows you how important it is to have somebody over there speaking up for you on that table. And when you have somebody speaking up for your rights, that's when those rights get guaranteed. Because we're not begging for rights, we're demanding for rights. So now that we have some idea of all this incredible queer political history, we also have some examples of when queer people actually made it big in politics, right? The first time a, a, a trans person made a history by getting elected was in 1989. This was Shabnam Morsi in Madhya Pradesh. Now, Madhya Pradesh is not one of the best places to be queer. If any of you are from Madhya Pradesh, shout out. 
uh, we've been featuring a great organization from Madhya Pradesh. Uh, and they sort of have some stories to tell from there as well. But in Madhya Pradesh, in the middle of nowhere, you had Shabna Mossi getting elected as an MLA. The caveat, Shabna Mossi, a trans woman, contested from Mossi and was told that her election was null and void because she did not have, she was not recognized as a woman. Sorry, I am getting a lot of... trans woman and fought again from a general seat and won again and she was the first person to become an LGBTQI plus person elected as an MLA in this country over the past few years we've also had certain people getting elected as mayor we've had people getting elected as municipal councillors and we've had multiple people whose rights to vote have been recognized by the Supreme Court 45 years too late in 1989 again um, who have found the chance to be involved in Indian politics. Now, what does this mean, right? We've had trans people getting elected to office. We've had them disqualified for not being woman enough. We've also had them making a difference by getting elected again. But how do we create something sustainable? And how do we sort of find a way for young Indians, young queer Indians to get elected to office, right? There are three steps to that. The first is finding out your strengths. Are you going to be able to serve your community directly? Are you somebody who's incredibly generous, who's incredibly large-hearted, who's got some sort of a hold within their own community, and can you build organic support? And can you create a difference and start showing people that you can give back to your community? The best example is the incredible folks across the country right now who've been helping out with COVID-19 relief amidst this pandemic. There have been innumerable people from Manipur to Tamil Nadu, from Santa Kurai to Grace Banu, who've been working tirelessly for the queer community and beyond to ensure that people get relief during these difficult times, right? They're the change makers who are going to ensure that communities stand behind them. The other option is, do you have something incredibly important to say and do you have a space to contribute? And this can be within queer issues or this can be outside of queer issues. We've had a lot of queer people getting a platform to voice their opinions. Disha Pinky Sheikh has been nominated and chosen as the spokesperson for the Vanchit Bahujan Aghadi in Maharashtra. We've got Apsara Reddy, who's a National General Secretary for the Mahila Congress at the Indian National Congress national level. We have Harish also, Harish Ayar, who's also a member of the Congress party back in Mumbai. How do we take these conversations forward once we have some representation is we keep standing up for our rights from the Trans Act to denial of services to trans people during the COVID-19 pandemic. And finally, the larger, more difficult road ahead, which is the road that I want to take all of you down through these next four sessions is how do you get some sort of political representation by inserting yourself into the system and saying that you're going to play the game. Now, this requires a lot of effort. This means that you're going to have to deal with all sorts of party politics. This means that you're going to have to deal with a system that's incredibly, disgustingly dirty to begin with, where women aren't even represented, let alone queer folks. And you're going to have to start making some difficult choices as to how you want to move ahead, what those difficult choices are, 
how you can move ahead and what this means for the future queer politics in India is something we'll discuss over the next few sessions. But I hope that this introduction to history has been something that's been useful. I think that the sort of um, introduction to the legacies we inherit as queer, uh, queer people in politics has been helpful. And I hope that this is something that you'll reflect upon and take back as you go forward to remember that today more than ever, we need young queer people like you. We need young queer people like you to stand up, speak out, and ensure that we're represented on those decision-making tables. We need queer people like you to say that, you know, women's pants need to have pockets and just like that, queer people need to be taken into account when you are making decisions. And we need young queer people to step up uh, to say that uh, we have to have some sort of um, representation in the electoral sphere. Now, I'm going to spend the next five minutes sort of taking questions because it is 6.23 and I have been given 30 cool minutes to uh, do fun things right now. So if any of you have any questions, what it's like to be queer in politics, if you have any questions about uh, what the work we're doing at Pinklist India is, if you have any other questions, drop them in the comment section below and I'll try to answer them as we move forward. I'm going to see the questions right now. Can we save this live? Yes, I will be saving this live. <clears throat> Those are two requests. Uh, amazing about Ambedkar. Yes, incredible, isn't it? These are histories we forget. Head over to Pinklist India. Yes, please do head over to Pinklist India. See the amazing work we're doing. We have some beautiful art coming up for Pride Month as well. Um, why do we have men's and women's clothes to begin with? You know, this is true. I wear a lot of women's clothes myself. So I think that we need to have gender fluid clothing. There have been a few people who've worked on that as well um grace banu is remarkable yes grace is incredible I mean, and grace for instance is the ideal candidate to become a politician right now we have a great question from sakshi over here how long before does one need to prep for a political career sakshi you need to start prepping now i want sakshi to get elected from bombay um you need to prep as early as possible right? You need to be super, super, super on top of your things if you want to know that you want to make a mark in electoral politics, because a lot will depend upon the decisions you take, the career trajectories you forge, and the networks you create to move forward. And this means that you're going to have to uh, start thinking about it just like you think about um, a career or a career in finance or a career in any other field, right? Um, so start as early as possible. Uh, send us a DM. If you're actually interested in contesting, we've been helping some queer people find out their way into how to get elected. And we're hoping to start something there as well on how we can build sustainable structures to support young queer people who want to get elected. So reach out as well. Uh, you'll have to find a constituency. You'll have to find a party. And on, poof, beyond that, you'll have to find some sort of agenda to run on. Right? Um, what is the future with Pinklist India? How are we going to expand it further? The future with Pinklist India is state of the union. If you haven't checked it out already, pinklistindia.com slash pinksabha. This is India's most comprehensive 
political archive that documents statements by every single Lok Sabha MP on LGBTQIA plus issues. It's for activists, it's for academics, it's for young queer people like you who want to get elected and you want to know that if I want to get elected, I need a godfather in politics, who do I turn to? Pinklistindia.com slash Pinksabha. That's where you go. Uh, we want to expand it further by collaborating with queer organizations across the country. Can we have a Pinklist Jharkhand? Can we have a Pinklist Odisha? Can we have a Pinklist Maharashtra? Reach out to us if you want to collaborate on that and take it further. I think it's more of how much you have to prepare. That is also true. You have to prepare a lot. Atmadeep is asking that, can the attention that queer people get be used to our advantage? Now, this is a difficult question, right? This Pride Month, we're seeing everyone and their uncle put up like rainbow flags and their logos. And they're all talking about Pride. Ask them in July what they think about LGBTQIA plus people. They would have forgotten so the attention, remember, is not continuous. The attention is not going to continue forever. And the attention is limited. So how do we use the attention that queer people get to our advantage? By saying that we forge solidarities across different layers of marginalization. You know, how can we work with anti-caste movements? How can we work with feminist movements? How do we work with those working with the rights of the differently abled? How do we work with different forms of activism that relate to the environment? Because these are all interlinked, right? Our struggles are inherently intersectional. Because Dalit queers exist, because Muslim queers exist, because Adivasi queers exist. And we all have to come together because our movement is a unique one that has to bring together all these groups and say that her is a platform that has the potential to make a difference. So take that attention, take it forward, and use it to connect to others who are fighting for equality. Because it is an equal rights platform that will get you elected. Never an LGBTQIA plus rights platform. How hard is it raising awareness in the rural parts of the country? Surprisingly more easy than you would have thought, right? Um, because there's no organized homophobia, and there's no organized notions of homosexuality, there's also limited resistance to forms of queerness. I recommend that you see Maya Sharma's incredible book called Loving Women, Finding Love, uh, Loving Women, Lesbian Love in Unprivileged India. That is the name of the book. To see about, to see exactly how um, formations of queerness operate, right? Formations of queerness that go beyond LGBTQIA+, and formations of queerness that are very, very accepted, not outside any religious framework. I must make a disclaimer here. There are a lot of people working fantastically on religion and LGBTQIA plus rights. Good for you. I don't believe in it. I think that in all religions, in all forms of sort of uh, uh, religious structures, we have been marginalized. So I prefer to believe in sort of structures of equality that are societally created. And these are societally created structures, right? Like one village has a particular form of practice that they have that's not there anywhere else where they recognize queer and trans identities. And those recognitions are what we have to build upon. And we have to strengthen those and say that this is as much a part of our understandings of each other's community. And that's a messaging that, that runs, right? Like uh, when I was in Patharadi in rural Maharashtra, which is near Nagar, uh, I was on stage with like 40 people, right? And again, like, tight white pants, short like this, colorful socks, brown oxfords, the works. And I was getting a lot of stares. And from across the stage also from other politicians, from the audience. And what was really incredible was that uh, they came from a place of curiosity. Would it have translated into homophobia if I was in a vulnerable position? Would it have translated into transphobia if I was trans? 100%. 
Trans people and those who are femme continue to face the worst forms of discrimination in this country. And that is a fact. But for many other identities, and that is the privilege we carry with identities, it's our job to break that barrier and sort of start conversations around queerness outside urban centers as well. And I think that conversation is possible. I think it's easier said, uh, it's easier said than done, obviously, but it's possible. Sakshi has my vote as well. Uh, who is going to help me with the campaign? Hi, Gaw. Hi, Aman. Please help me with my campaign. I will love to. Uh, since there's so much intersectionality between gender, sexuality, caste, and other identities, how do we possibly ensure that we work towards securing rights for everyone? I've answered this a little bit, Nishant, and I think that should answer your question that it has to be an equal rights platform, right? It has to be an equal rights platform. It's all of us going together. And that's the only sort of solidarity that's going to make it happen. Remember that when Harvey, Harvey Milk was winning in San Francisco, he had to craft that solidarity. Remember that the first stone in the first brick and stone wall was thrown by a black trans woman. These are the histories we've been born with. Ambedkar, Dalit man, raised his voice first, right, for queer people in this country. If we forget those, Namdev Dhasar, another Dalit man, raising voice for trans people and uh, sex workers in this country. We have to remember those histories. And when we do remember those histories, that's when we learn that those are solidarities that can be sort of forged. Adivasi lives matter, queer lives matter, Dalit lives matter. Don't let anybody tell you that all lives matter. Do you feel that society taboos around queerness is what keeps one away? You know, Sakshi, I think that's a very good question. I think uh, it's less society taboos than the fact that so many of us have been told growing up that certain professions aren't for us. If you're growing up queer in India, you're told that politics is not for you. You're told that certain professions are not for you. You're told that the public space is not for you. And that's what keeps us away from politics. We're not included in these conversations. And it's the same reason why women have been systematically excluded from politics for decades. That these identities are simply not considered a part of the conversation. And we have to fight for space in that conversation. And once we fight for space in that conversation, once we have role models like Disha and Shabnam Mossi and others who lead the way, we will have the strength and the power to fight the queer phobia and societal taboos and say that we're going to make a mark for ourselves. I'm going to say accidental typo. I don't know who this is. Use those stairs to start a conversation. Break the ice. That's true about professions. And I am out of time, lovely people. I hope that you have all enjoyed watching this session of Pink Sabha, How to Get Elected While Being Queer. I hope that you've learned a little something about politics. And I hope to see you next week, same place, same time, at KC Family. Um, and I hope to also see you on Pink List India. I think that we're doing incredible work. If I'm boasting, that that be seen as such. Uh, and we'd love to have you collaborate there as well. I also want you to... Um, Check out any questions that you might have that you want to direct to me at, at Anish Kavande. I'm going to actually type that out right now. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome to my office. Boom. You can find me there. And how do you work behind the scenes to help uh, pro-Dalit LGBTQI plus slash minorities? In the next session, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Same place, same time next week. So much love to all of you. Stay home, stay safe, take care of yourself in the middle of COVID-19. And let's keep this conversation going. Bye-bye.